Oh, church, we have something exciting to share with you now. I, and Pastor gave you a little hint last week. If you'll take your worship guide and look on the back side of that, you'll see more information about what we're talking about. But starting October 14th, we are going to start a new worship time at 5 o'clock on Sunday nights here in this worship center, and we are so excited about it. This service is going to be mainly targeted for 20 and 30-somethings, but we want you to know that everyone is welcome. If that time fits your schedule, then we want you to come. Uh, Ronnie's going to be sharing some more things uh, this morning that are going to go together with that service, but uh, we are so very, very excited about this opportunity. And one of the things you might be asking is, well, why didn't we pick Saturday night as opposed to Sunday night? And I tell you what, we spend a lot of time of prayer and discussing this. And what we're finding across our country is that the, the target age that we're trying to reach is more likely to come on Sunday evenings at the end of the weekend. In fact, we see large churches around the country that are changing their Saturday night services to Sunday night. So that's the reason we picked that time. Uh, one thing I'm excited to share about this is that uh, uh, Jordan West, our associate worship pastor, is going to be leading that service. He's a talented young man, and I'm excited about his opportunity to do that. You can be excited, too. Yes, and, and Jordan, I've asked Jordan to come and, and share a little bit with us about what that service looks like. Awesome. Yeah, well, aside from being band-driven, I think Dale already said that, there's a couple different ways that Sunday night's going to be looking a little bit unique. You know, Randy's going to come back. He's going to preach the same exact message. But what's different than Sunday morning is while all of our service, we try to be very spirit-led and we try to listen to the Lord and direct our worship service. On Sunday morning, we have a flip-flop of our services. So one service, we're going to have life groups and we have to stop and quickly get to the next one. On Sunday night, we don't really have that time constraint. So it opens up a little bit of room for margins. And in that, we're going to be able to kind of infuse a lot of different creative elements into our service. And some of that is not necessarily just more busyness, but also being able to stop and pray or maybe even add another song and worship and go into an extended time of worship. It's going to be a really, really great, great time on Sunday nights. And if it works for your schedule, we would love to have you come out on Sunday nights. Amen. 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 Again, we are so excited about this, and we're seeing how this will... Uh, um, connect more people, uh, not only to our church, but ultimately to Christ. And that's what we want to see. And I just want to spend a moment, pray over Jordan, pray over this time and this announcement and ask God uh, to continue to move. So let's pray together. Father, we just thank you for the opportunity we have to, uh, to put in a, 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 another time that we can gather and, uh, worship and, celebrate you, God. We, we pray for this service. We pray for those that are going to come. We pray for those that uh, this is going to reach for the kingdom, God. That's our desire, to see the kingdom grow. God, I pray your blessings on Jordan and the team that uh, begins rehearsing here in the next week or two and preparing for that. I pray that you'd give them wisdom and guidance to, uh, as they move forward into this venture. And God, we, we want you to be glorified in all of this, and we praise your name, in Jesus' name, amen, amen, thank you. Thank you, Dale and Jordan. Wow, I hope you guys are as excited as I am. By the time we get to the end of 2018, we will have seen one of our biggest years of change. 
We changed schedules and classes back in the spring. We added a brand new ministry with our community groups this summer. Last week, you heard about staff changes and another new ministry with our children and youth. And now as we head into the fall, a new service, a new hour, and as you're about to hear, a new way of doing life groups. Everything you're seeing and hearing about is being driven by the vision and mission of our church. In 10 years, we want to be a church the 804 cannot imagine being without by expanding to five campuses, extending the reach of Love 804 so that we have our greatest platform for sharing the word. And we're going to do this by building relationships that connect all people to a God-sized life in love. Connecting people to God and each other, to His work, has always been the heartbeat of what we do here. And what you see in these changes is us going to new places, new hours, new ways to do the same old thing. We haven't changed our commitments to some of the old ways. Life groups on Sunday morning on campus, that's the backbone of this church. But what about the people that time, that way, isn't reaching? In a world where we have less and less opportunity to share God's word, we need to look for every way possible. Not to mention, as we expand to new campuses, that does not always allow for Sunday morning on-campus life groups. So we want, we need to get good at some new ways. Ron is going to come and share with you about that. And while I tend to think of this for people we may not have even met yet, it may be for you. Good morning. How are y'all today? Wasn't that a great worship set? I'm telling you, I just thought I was going to come unglued. It was good stuff, wasn't it? And, uh, and the Lord's certainly worthy of that. I, I think as I've gotten older, uh, I've learned that there are certain truths that, that, that you can just count on, right? And one of those is that fashion designs will repeat, okay? And so I was looking at some of the millennials around today, including my son Jordan, who had his Sleeves rolled up and his pants rolled up down there and stuff like that. I think they did that in the fifties and the sixties, right? Yeah, yeah, y'all, y'all, some of y'all did it, right? <laughs> so yeah, you can confess and do that stuff. And, and so we know that these things were written. Next thing you know, we're going to have knit ties and bell bottom jeans, you know, and all those things come back. And, uh, some of y'all remember those things. That's good stuff, isn't it? Uh, I am committed. I'm committed to not repeat some, like the big platform shoes that I wore in 1979. <laughs> yeah, some of y'all remember that. That's just wrong. No guy should wear a platform shoe. You know, it just doesn't work. It's, it does that, but you know, John Travolta was so cool in the movie. You know, you had wanted to be like him and do that. Another thing I'm not going to repeat is like the frizzy curly hair perm I had in 1983. <laughs> Can you imagine? It, it was bad. It was bad. The only problem is my sister got married in 1983. There are pictures. <laughs> There's nothing I can do about it. The proof is out there. We can't do that. But uh, wow, there are just certain things that are just true and that you learn over a period of time, right? Hey, one thing I've learned, and, and it might surprise you a little bit, but in 30 plus years of ministry, um, I've learned that this, this is the truth. People don't want to come to a friendly church. Let me repeat that. People do not want to come to a friendly church. 
Now, as most of y'all are saying, Ronnie, you have lost your mind. You're wrong because that's all we talk about. Now, don't misunderstand me. Am I saying we shouldn't strive to be a friendly church? Not at all. We should want to embrace everybody that walks in the door. We should, we should bend over backwards to be the friendliest church in town. We want all people to know that they are very welcome to be here, right? So that's not the question. But what I'm trying to tell you is even in that, and look, people don't want to come to an unfriendly church either. So let, let, let's get that out of the way. But what I am saying is people do not want to come to a friendly church. What they want to do is come to a church where they have friends. And it's different. You see, because you can come to a church where, oh, wow, that was a friendly church. But if you don't develop those relationships and those friendships, guess what? You leave. You go on. Because God has created us to live in community. That's why we say life is better connected. That's why we, we, we just talk about this all the time because it is so important to, to, to live our life, to live the Christ life by doing that and we do it together and how we do that. Uh, you know, when, when we do this, when we live a life that's connected, when we try to do that, this truly becomes a place where friends become family. And I don't know about you. Listen, I look forward to Sunday mornings. I, I, I look forward to it because I anticipate God speaking to me and God and just and, and experiencing great worship and, and seeing my friends and seeing and spending time with my family. I look forward to it. I look forward to it more than I do Saturday afternoon. I know some of y'all don't believe that. <laughs> you know, with college football and all that kind of stuff. I love that. No, I love coming to church. I love being a part of church, and I want to do that. Uh, but you know what? Here's the thing. By living a life that's connected and by doing that, we are embracing our vision as a church. Randy just said it a second ago, building relationships, okay? That's the way we start off our mission, right? Building relationships that connect all people to God's size, life, and love. And, and we really thought about that. We talked about it a lot. We went through a period, you know, went through a year-long period of, of the leadership team where we were looking at that and just mixing up and doing some things and saying, hey, what, what do we want to guide where we go and what we do over, over the next 10 to 20 years and that kind of thing? And, and that's what we came up with, building relationships. Why? Because relationships are important. People want to come to a church where they have friends. And, and, and we, we need to be able to do that. So, uh, look, um, I know some of y'all are already sitting here looking and saying, look, I've heard these messages before. I've, I, you know, you're, you're, you're going to talk about getting in a live group. You're going to talk about being a small group. And, and you know, that's just not me. I, I don't want to do that. You know, there's three people, three kinds of people here. There's those of you who are already in a life group. There are those of you who don't want to be in a life group. And then there are those of you who just don't care. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. But the difference is, what we want you to understand is the most important part, the next step, the most important part of being a part of this family is to get involved in a small group. And what I want to do this morning really is take a few minutes and just talk about the why. Why do we want you in a small group? Why do we want you in life group? Because you hear us talk about it, but it might go in one ear and out the other. Well, I want you to know why. 
Why is it so important? So the first reason is it's biblical, guys. It's biblical to live life in community and doing that. Take a look up here and you can see that. Romans 1, 11 and 12 says this. Paul's writing to the church of Rome. He says, For I long to visit you so I can share a spiritual blessing with you that will help you grow strong in the Lord. I'm thankful. You know, we have people like that. You, they, want to, they want to be a blessing. They want to impart knowledge. They want to help us grow. And that's what he's saying to them. Hey, I want to be with you so I can help you grow strong in the Lord. I am eager to encourage you in your faith, but I also want to be encouraged by yours. In this way, each of us will be a blessing to the other. You know, that says it all right there. Paul needed fellowship. Paul needed relationships. He's saying, hey, I'm coming and I want to encourage you, but I need to be encouraged too. I need that relationship to do that. You know, somebody counted out. I think there's like 59 one another's or something like that in the scripture or something like that. And, and it's just an amazing thing. So, hey, it, it's, it's important for how you and I live out our faith to do that with one another. Also in the biblical, I think there's, th- there's three examples that I'd like to bring up, and, and there's many more. One's Moses. You know, you can find that in Exodus 18. Moses, when he, uh, when he was getting overwhelmed by the duties and everything that was going on, he started creating some small groups and living community, and it really helped him to make it happen. And so we see that there. In Nehemiah, Ezra's preaching and he's teaching and so you have the the Israelites are now the walls are being built and and, and they're back and they're reestablishing the kingdom and they're doing that stuff but the people had been in bondage for over 70 years and so Ezra's preaching and he's a gifted preacher and he's just really teaching the law and 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 his anointings on him but that wasn't enough so they started breaking up and having the Levites in different places so people could go and ask questions and make that happen you see small group community happening there once again, so they can learn and so they can grow. And maybe the best example is Jesus. Spent three years with 12 guys. You know, what better example of living in authentic community than, than, than living with them for three years? And Jesus modeled that for us. And in doing that, you know what their goal was? It probably wasn't expressed this way, but ultimately their goal was to turn the world upside down. These, these 12 guys and Jesus, they're going to turn the world upside down. And guess what? It worked. Here we are, thousands of years later, and we're all here in this place, worshiping in a different place, and there are literally millions of people worshiping Christ today because of that small group that started. Folks, there is power in living in community. There is power in being one another. You know what? In that small group, there were a bunch of different guys from different backgrounds and had different things. And I'm sure that, that they wrestled with that. But that diversity is important, and it's, and, and it's what makes it work. Secondly, it helps us make a big church feel small. It helps us make a big church feel small. It is easy to slip inside those back doors there, sometimes five or ten minutes late, right? Uh, come on, guys. Some of y'all are five or ten minutes late, right? No. So sometimes you come in and you're five or ten minutes late, or even if you're on time, but you slip in the back door and you sit down. Man, you hear a good message. You have a great time worshiping, you, and, you, and you feel like you, 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 it's, it's good. I don't, there's nothing wrong with that. And then you leave and you go on about your day. But it's easy to do that and never experience the community of the church and never experienced building the relationships in the church. There have been people that have come for years 
Some of you have come for years and you've not done that. And I want to encourage you that it is so important that you're missing a vital part that will bless you. I promise. Some of you are saying, you don't know me. I don't need that. Well, yeah, we probably do. You probably do need it. And sometimes it's not about what you're going to receive. It's also what you're going to give. You know, it's about how, how you're going to be able to bless others. That passage we looked at when Paul was writing, he says, hey, I want to come and I want to bless you. I want to encourage you and I want to be encouraged also. So important that we encourage one another and build each other up. But listen, big church, easy to get lost in the crowd. I talked to somebody this morning. He came up after the first service. And he said, Ronnie, I want you to know. And this is what he said to me. He says, I want you to know that first time I came here, I was so overwhelmed. They started coming back in the spring. The first time I came out, I was so overwhelmed by the size. I'd already made up my mind. This is not where I was going to go. This is not going to, this church was just too big for me. That happened to be the day that you launched community groups. I want you to know how important that has been in my life and why that's brought us here and how we're attending here now. Folks, living in small groups and having those relationships Vitally important, but we've got lots more to talk about here. Third, because people desire connection, and they really do. Look, about 60% of us are extroverts. That means 40% of us are introverts. And even in that, we get busy, we have a lot going on, we have distractions, it's all there. But the truth is, even if we're extroverted or introverted or just overwhelmed with life itself, doesn't change the fact that God has created us for community. One of my favorite verses in the Bible is Acts chapter 13, 30-something. Uh, I can't remember right off the top of my head. But it's a story. It's about David. And, and what it says is, it says, And David, after he served the purposes of God in his own generation, fell asleep and was buried with his fathers. And it's really just a statement about being dead and buried. But the statement that really catches me is that David served the purposes of God in his generation. And man, I thought, that's what I want. I want to be able to serve the purposes of God. I want to be able to do that. That's why we're here, right? We want to worship God, but we want to be able to serve Him. And we want to accomplish exactly what He has for us. What I've come to understand and realize is I can't do it on my own. I can't do it by myself. And neither can you. Folks, it requires all of us to be able to accomplish the purposes of God. We cannot become a church that the 804 can't imagine being without as individuals. We have to do it as a complete family. And it takes all of us getting involved. It takes all of us connecting. It takes all of us realizing that we are called as a church, as a body, as a family of believers to do this. And so, man, it's so important to do it. People desire connection because God has wired us that way in order to live out the Christ life. Number four, it is undeniably promotes spiritual growth. Being involved in a small group, being involved in a life group, undeniably promotes spiritual growth. So let me tell you about a study that was done real quick. Uh, there was a group that did a study. They, they literally surveyed tens of thousands of people, thousands of churches all over the world, different countries, different places. I mean, they wanted to see, hey, what is it about growing discipleship? What makes growing disciples? Because again, that's why we're here. We're here because we want to grow in our relationship with the Lord. We want to be closer to Him. We want to understand Him better. We want our lives to change 
as a result, right? And so they did the study and they, they didn't want to find out. And so they found eight attributes, eight characteristics. And don't worry, I'm going to go through them real quick. Uh, but eight characteristics about what it meant to be a growing disciple or somebody that's growing in your relationship with the Lord. Listen to them. Bible engagement. Obeying God and denying self. Serving God and others. Sharing Christ. Exercising your faith. Seeking God. Building relationships and being unashamed and transparent with others. Those were the eight attributes that they found that were common among all of the growing disciples and all that stuff in this huge study that we made. And then what they said is, okay, if that's the eight things that that are, are, are common and that we want to say define what being a growing disciple or growing Christian is, what are the inputs? What are the things that get us there? Okay, because, man, it's great to know the outputs, but we want to know what the inputs are, right? And we want to know how to get there. And they came up with 40. Well, who can concentrate on 40, right? I can't. I can't. I can't even hardly remember my phone number, much less try to remember 40 things. And so who can do that? And so they said, okay, we can't do that. So let's think the 80-20 principle kind of thing, you know, really 20% will cause 80% of the effect. And they narrowed it down to three things. I'm going to give you two of them. They narrowed it down to three things that seem to be those that, that just knock the ball out of the park that help us accomplish that. Number one was worshiping together. Okay, we're one-third of the way there, right? right, Worshiping together. The second one, second most important one, well, that's what? Small groups. Being involved regularly in a small group of people, connecting in a small group. Folks, that's the research. It's empirical. Let me break it down a little bit further so you can see exactly what I'm talking about and how it is. Still out of that study and what makes it happen. If you are a part, and this is why, listen guys, this is why we are saying we want you to be involved in a small group. This is why we're compelling you to do it. That's why we're saying step up, step out, get out of your comfort zone, try it out, make it happen. This is why, these are the things, okay, you want to do that. First, you are two and a half times more likely to read your Bible. Okay, Bible engagement. Folks, that's enough. I could quit right there. Listen, all of us in here think, have said, I need to read my Bible more, right? I've said it. I need to read my Bible more. I need to do that. Why? Because the Bible has the power to transform our life, to change us. It has the power. It is God's word. It has the power to make a difference. And you are two and a half more times, and if you really want to dig into that number a little bit more, it means that, that two out of every three people that actually uh, uh, attend a small group will read their Bible regularly. Two out of three. That's pretty important, and that's good enough. But, oh, we got lots more. Let's look at these things. Two, you are two times more likely to pray for your church and their leaders. We need your prayers. So that's another reason we want you to do it. We want you to pray for us. We want you to pray for the church. We want you to do that on a regular basis. You are 50% more likely to confess your sins. That's a good thing, right? It's a good thing because we, we, we need to be right with the Lord and growing and doing that stuff, but 50% more likely to do that. You are three times more likely to spend times with other people in order to help them grow. So now I'm actually organizing or spending my time with someone to help them grow in their faith. I am three times more likely to do that if I'm active in a small group. You are twice as likely to have spiritual conversations. 
So you're walking through the day and you're, you're, you're talking about things. And it's just amazing that if you are involved in a small group, you're twice as likely, 200% more likely to have spiritual conversations during the day and just seeing how God does those things. Uh, you're three and a half times more likely to invite un- an unchurched friend to church. Your giving will increase 66%. I didn't say that you would give 66%, by the way, so relax. That's okay. That's not what I said. <laughs> what I said is we, we just give more of what God has given us when we get involved and we're connected and we believe in what's happening. We, we just become a more generous people because our heart is there and we just trust and our faith is growing and our trust is there, so we give 66% more. You're 80% more likely to serve outside the walls of the church, in some way in the community. 80% more likely to be involved in a ministry that serves people outside the walls of the church in the community. And, of course, that's what we want to do, right? We want to impact our community. We want to be out there doing that. You are two and a half times more likely to serve in the church. Two and a half more times likely to do that. This is, it's almost getting overwhelming when we see the benefits of being involved in a small group, of connecting with other people. And there's one more, and it goes all the way back to our, 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 the way we started. You're 60, 64% more likely to develop significant relationships with other people. 64% more likely to do that. And why do people come to church? Well, they come because they love the Lord. They come because they want to hear the Word of God. They come because they want to worship. Yes, yes, but they stay involved in a particular church because they want to do it with friends. And that's okay because you know why? God created us that way. God created us to do that with one another. All that being said, being involved in a small group is the best place to get connected in the church and also to grow. It's the best place to make it happen. Okay, so today we are announcing off-campus life groups. You saw that on the insert in your bulletin. It's the big black thing right here. You can see that. Y'all look at that and see that. So on that, there's two things. One side are hot topics. That's some existing life groups that are on campus that are doing some special studies. On the other one, there's 10, I believe, 10 or 11 off-campus groups that will meet on different days. We've got some meeting on Mondays, Tuesdays, Thursdays, Fridays, Saturdays, Sundays. We've got, we got them all over the place. We also have some different places and doing those things. So we are announcing life groups anytime, anywhere. That's what we're announcing, okay? We won't always call it anytime, anywhere. It's just off-campus life groups. It's, it's just a phrase that we're using to help you understand that what we're doing is we are, not, we are not moving to, we are not transitioning to an off-campus model where all our groups are going to be off-campus. Off what we're doing is we're expanding the model. We're expanding the way we do small groups to include those off-campus and we're, we are committed to it. So we will always have on-campus, and we will always now have off-campus and trying to make that happen. Let, let me give you a, a little bit of an illustration, if I can, uh, that, that, that will help you understand why. If I can, we got some young people right over here, over in this section. There's about six or seven of you right there. Can y'all stand up? Those couple rows. Y'all just stand up for me. I'm not going to embarrass you, I promise. Just stand up. Yeah, come on. There you go. That's, that's, that's enough. Y'all guys are brave. Give them a hand. Okay. There you go. All right. So let's, let's pretend for a second. Stay standing. No, you guys keep standing up. Ah, no, no, no. 
You got to stand for the rest of the sermon. I'm just kidding with you. I'm just kidding with you. Just stand up for a minute. I'll let you know. Okay, so let's pretend for a second that this is, our, is the 804 community. This is our area code. This is where God has called us to be that church that we cannot imagine that they cannot imagine being without us, okay? So we, God has called us to, to, to do this, but we want to impact that. And we've just talked about all the great things that happen if you're in a small group. But guess what? We have all these small groups over here that happen on our campus. So there's where the small groups are, but here's the 804, but here's those guys. So y'all represent all the, all the groups that we have right here on the campus. But there they are, but you can see that's not going to accomplish the goal. How about if we have the red group stand up? Can I have the red group stand up a little bit for me there? We got one there. We got one there. We got one back there. We got one back here. We got some down there. Okay, so we have some. How about the yellow group? Go ahead and stand up, the yellow group. Can we do that? Here's some. There's some. There's some. There's some. Well, look at there. Spreading out. How about the blue group? We got some more. Look at this. Y'all see what's happening here? All of a sudden now, we have groups all over the 804. We have them everywhere strategically. Why? Y'all can sit down now. Thank you for your help. Okay. We have groups, and the reason we have them out there everywhere is because why? Because we want people in our community to be able to get connected to our church, even through our groups. And so if you look at that black sheet, you'll see we have one in Fort Lee. We have one in Hopewell. We have one in Dinwiddie. We have a couple in Colonial Heights. We have some in Chester. We have them in Chesterfield. We have them in Neon. You get what I'm saying. We're spreading them out. And we're not finished. We're just starting. This is just a launch to make it happen. But we are spreading out in our community, and we're going to have these, these groups there. How did we get there? How did we happen? You know what? Uh, last winter, I met with a group of leaders for, for several months on Wednesday nights. They're leaders within the church, and uh, we asked them to come up. Uh, these are folks who were teachers in life group and some others that, you know, that had that. And uh, we met, and we actually asked... Uh, pastors and edu- you know, and, and outreach pastors from other churches in our area and outside of it. We did some video uh, go-to meetings on- online with a couple from out of state churches. And how they did groups, because you know what? We have always been on campus, not off campus. We wanted to do it right. I wanted to see what they were doing and learn from them. I don't know that I wanted to cr- recreate the wheel. I wanted to learn as much as I can, and a couple things came out of that. One of the things which surprised us was this whole idea of community groups, which we started uh, last June. And it was fantastic. You know what? That, that just really worked well. When we did community groups last June, we launched 45 groups that were based on interest, you know, like cycling or exercise or running or book studies or whatever, you know, just some different things. And uh, it, w- it was fantastic. Um, 706 different individuals signed up for that. And so, man, it was, it, was really, it was really good to see how God used that to help us connect and, and, and to grow and do that. <coughs> Excuse me. But in saying that, that was always, even then, helping us understand that's an intermediate step. It's a step towards what we really want, and that's people getting involved in life groups. Now, we're going to continue to do the community groups. We're going to continue to launch new ones. We'll launch some new ones this winter, uh, and, and I hope you'll get involved in those and connect in them. Uh, the interesting thing, about one-third of the people that signed up for that were not active in life group at all. So I'm glad you did it, guys. If you're one of those that signed up for, for a community group and you don't do life groups with us and you signed up, man, I'm glad you did it. I, I think it's fantastic, and I hope, I hope that you'll continue to do that. I also hope that you'll take the next step and get involved in a life group. But we are going to be launching now 
off-campus life groups and making that happen. And so uh, it's, uh, I'm just really excited about how we're going to make it all happen. There's another reason why we do it that way, folks. One reason we do it that way is simply because we don't have enough space. If you've been in our adult wing on Sunday mornings, you know that there's a lot of people and not a lot of rooms. And so we've got to find ways to continue to do that. And as Randy said on the video, there are some folks that this will just help you connect in a different way. So let me answer just a few questions uh, about this, and that'll help you understand exactly what we're trying to do, okay? So first question is, what's the difference? What's the difference between an off-campus life group and an on-campus life group? And so what I would say is, first and foremost, is help us understand, you know, our goal is for every person here that's involved in our church to be connected to a life group. Whether it's on campus or off campus doesn't matter to me, but our goal is for you to be connected to a life group. But there are some differences. Obviously, the first one is uh, the ones that are on campus happen on Sunday morning. And they also have other program going on. So you have children's programming. You have other things. You're here. And so there's a convenience factor to make that happen. And, and so many of you have been doing that for years and will continue to do that. And I think it's fantastic. And that's why we do it. It is it, wonderful. But also in those groups, you still have Bible study. You have prayer. You serve together. You grow together. You do all those things that, that we want you to do. Off campus is you're still going to accomplish those same type of things. You're going to grow together. You're going to study together. You're going to pray together. But you may take a week off to go do a project together instead of doing that or, 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 or do some of those things. It's kind of exciting. But it will be smaller. Most of our groups that are meet here are 25 plus. Okay? Some of them are much larger than that. Okay? Uh, the the, the off-campus groups are probably going to be 10 to 15, 10 to 16, you know, depending on the group. There might be one or two that are a little bigger than that because of the, the place where they meet. And they're going to meet on a different day, and they're going to meet in a home. They will not meet here. Okay? And so that's the big difference. Uh, sometimes they'll meet in a host home. And there'll be a different leader. Sometimes the home they meet in will be the leader's home. But that's okay, but you'll do that. Uh, you'll do some different things. You'll have some time for fellowship. Some, some groups will eat. Some groups may play a game. Some groups may do a lot of things or just hang out. But then you'll still have your time of study together, which will, uh, will facilitate, I think, a greater deal of discussion uh, because of the smaller group. I mean, it's harder to have discussion when you have a group of 40 than when you have a group of 12. You see what I'm talking about? So you'll have more discussion. you have those things. And, and like I said, you'll do that. Um, so that, that's the big difference. But listen, they're both life groups. So then comes the question. Uh, I've already answered the one about are we transitioning to it. But uh, can anyone be a part of it? Yes. Is it, only for, is it only for those people who come on Sunday night? No. And what I mean by that is this. Look, we're not going to have on-campus life groups on Sunday night. So those people who come to the Sunday night worship, eh, you've, you've got to get involved in one of our off-campus groups. It's going to be important for you to do that. And so we're trying to lay the groundwork to have as many groups going as we possibly can. And like I said, we're committed to starting more and more and more to facilitate everything we need for everybody to be able to do that. Um, what about children? You know, one of the advantages of Sunday morning is that you have a program for children. What about that? Do you have a plan for child care? 
And the answer is yes. I'm not going to go into all the details for that, but if you're interested in that, if you have children and you're saying, how does that work? If I can, you know, how can I go on a Tuesday night and, I sort of, you know, that kind of thing. If you have that, you can ask one of us out there <coughs> out, out, out in the uh, concourse and we can talk a little bit. But there is a plan to help you with child care and to make those things happen. So don't let children be a reason why you can't get involved to make the, these things happen. We've, we've thought through that and we've worked through those deals. Um, do we have enough groups? So we're starting 10 groups. Probably not. Because, like I said, we plan on starting more. Probably not. You know, if, uh, if, if the average group size is 12 and we have 120 people sign up in the na- this week and over the next couple of weeks while we're out there, if we had 120, in a perfect world, we'd have 12 people sign up for every group, and that just doesn't work that way, right? And so we probably don't have enough groups. So there's the possibility, there's the potential of, of some groups filling up because of their location or those kind of things, and there being a little bit of a waiting list. Don't get mad. Don't get mad. It's not, you know, we're, we're starting new groups, and we're trying to do it as quick as we can. And actually, that helps us know how many we need to start. If you're really interested, that lets us know exactly what, what we need to do in making that happen. And so uh, understand that. Um, can we do both is a question. Sure, sure. If you want to do one on Sunday morning and do one during the week, yes, you can. Uh, you can do both. What I will tell you is... Um, that people who are not involved in a group on Sunday morning that sign up will probably give them priority and not put on a waiting list quicker because we want people to connect in some way or another. So that is, that's kind of fair, isn't it? You know, but yeah, you can do both if you want to do. That's, that's fine. When do they start? Well, they start the same week that the new service starts. So that'd be October 14th. So that week is the same week that our, all our groups will start meeting and, uh, uh, we can do that. So we got several weeks to kind of put the groups together and, and be in contact and connect and try to make those happen. So that's about five weeks from now uh, when, when we'll make that happen. How do you get started? What do you do? How do you make it happen? Well, it's real simple, guys. We have about four or five tables sitting out here in the concourse. Uh, there's a black one in the center. I'll be at that one uh, with a couple other folks. And then there's some other ones, that, you know, just to the side, right outside these doors. And the people that are on your, on your black insert there are, are out there. And I, I want you to meet them. I want you to talk to them. If you're interested in finding out a little bit more about, about that group and when they meet or any of that kind of stuff, I want you to go out there. I want you to meet them. I want you to take time to make that happen, okay? It's important to do that. Take the time to do it while they're here. And so they've agreed to be out there and make that happen. They'll be there next week also and, and probably the third week too. Just we want, you to, we want you to have a chance to talk to people and make it happen. There's a small white card at each one of the tables. It looks like this. And, uh, and basically, if you're interested in, in being a part of that small group ministry off campus, we want you to fill it out, okay? And on there, you can tell us which, uh, which group, your preferred group, and that kind of thing, and then we'll be in contact with you to help it happen. So it's pretty simple. Just come out there and talk to us. Let's have conversations about what that looks like. Uh, don't be in a rush to leave. Take the time to, to come out there and, and, and make it happen. But it's just important. So, folks, I know it's been a lot of information. But I hope you understand our heart. Our heart is we want to accomplish everything that God has called us to do here in our community. And we can't do it by ourselves. We need you to be a part of it. So I hope that every one of you will make a plan to be in a small group, a life group, whether it be on campus, whether it be off campus, whatever you need to do, make a plan to do that. We can help you. If you have any questions about those, come right through. So anyway, let's pray together, can we?
Thank you, Lord, for today and for your word. God, I pray that your word, even as simple as saying, I want to encourage you and I want to be encouraged that Paul wrote, will take root in our life and will compel us, Lord, to, to model that in our own life with others, other believers around us. God, I pray that uh, this morning that we will have the opportunity to meet new people and we'll talk about the future and talk about the different groups that, that you may be calling each and every person here uh, to be a part of. Lord, I pray that we won't waste this time and that, God, you would just compel people and just lead them, help them feel your, your leadership and uh, what they need to do as we go. Lord, we do praise you and we worship you. We are certainly worthy of all, all that we have and all that we do. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.